Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, if you're a former zookeeper, you will have collected many great memories over the years. Tracy Lee, who used to be a zookeeper and is now an artist, opted to remember the animals in her care by collecting something else their poo. Over the span of 20 years, Tracy has amassed an impressive mound of excrement, so much so that it's now an exhibition called The Origin of the Feces Poo at the Zoo. Good afternoon, Tracy. Good afternoon. Hi. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, very I'm, good. I'm glad to hear this. Now, you, 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 as I understand it, you started doing this when you were when you were saying goodbye to your favourite elephant. I did, yes. Um, so what happened is we were moving our elephants and rhinos out of London Zoo to our sister zoo, which is in the countryside where there's a lot more um, space. And as the truck left, I was feeling quite bereft. And I just looked at the floor and there was just a pile of Gita's dung on the floor. And I picked up one of the balls and I was so upset and just thought, that's all I've got left of her. And I kept it and I dried it. And then when the rhinos were leaving, I'd done exactly the same to one of the rhino poos. And I dried them out over a long period of time. And then I varnished them and put them on a canvas on, on my um, bathroom wall. And that's how it all began. I called them the last poo at the zoo. I see. And how many different creatures have you over the years collected poo from? I've got, in this exhibition in London at the moment, I've got 124. Wow. That's, a, that's yes, that is a lot of poo. Is, is there a relation uh, between the size of the animal and the size of their poo, or can that be surprising? Um, no, there is actually, because obviously an elephant would do gigantic balls of dung that are probably as big as your head. And something like a snail would do a tiny little um, poo that looks very much like fly or spider poo. Okay, yeah. So, uh, for, for, so to collect some of them, did you kind of need a magnifying glass or something to pick it up? <laughs> yeah, well, um, it would be in the butterfly house that we're doing. Like, we have like nectar feeding areas. And so for the tiny ones, you can go and sit there and wait, and they would actually eventually do a poo, and I'd just pick them up with some gloves on and then put them onto a little spatula dry. Right. And how, how long, generally speaking, does it take these? I suppose it's, it depends on the size of, of the poo, how long it takes to dry them out. Well, it does, and also, I think um, I didn't really know. I just collected them, and I left them in a friend's barn and in, a, in our allotment shed. And they were there for a decade, some of them. So by the time I came around with the idea of starting the show, um, they were like bone dry and they were just brilliantly shaped still. So I just was um, really pleased with them and just started doing it. And I have no idea how long they will last, mm. but they look as good as they did 22 years ago. And, and when they're dried out, I assume they become very brittle. So would you have to handle it, you know, quite carefully? You do, and that's why um, we can't allow people to touch the poos, although everybody seems to be drawn with their hands to try and touch the canvases. Um, because obviously with this many people coming through the show all day, they'd be like crumbling on the floor. So um, we can't allow people to touch them, but they, um, yeah, they are very fragile. Yeah, and you have varnished them. So does that give, um, I suppose that puts a kind of a sheen on them. Does that give the impression that they're actually, you know, it's newly delivered poo rather than 20-year-old poo? Yeah, and that's actually what one of the little children in one of the talks asked me, was it done yesterday because it looks wet? And I was like, oh, it's because I use the PVA glue, so it does have that shine that you're just saying about. Um, and they do, they look a bit wet and sticky. Yeah. Now, the... the 
I assume oh. you could. You could go in and, and, and without any labels on them say I, you can identify different poo from different animals. Does, does, does poo vary that much among in the animal world? Yes, it really does. The only ones that can be quite similar are the um, antelopes and the deer because they do pellets. But if you know what you're looking at, I can see the difference and I'm showing people that they can too. Um, but most of them, um, you can ID them, um, well, I could. But what we've done is we've got um, a who's who is who um, sheet for children to use when they come in. And they, we've got the silhouette shapes of the poos. There's 12 of them on the sheet, and they go around the exhibition and have to find the poos. And it's become a great game, actually. So yeah. that's good. They're all enjoying that. And what determines the different shape of the poo? Is it just the shape of their butt? I don't know if it's the shape of their butt, um, but I think it's more like the amount of food they eat, you know, depending on if you think about what a gorilla would eat in comparison to an Indian rhino. Um, they, the Indian rhino would just be eating all day plants, grasses, leaves, branches, whereas a, a gorilla would be eating kind of like some roughage, but then they have vegetables. So they would have a much longer, slimmer, weirder poo, whereas the rhinos have big round dung balls like elephants. Okay, yeah, and and so I assume there's some uh, uh, ape there. Their poo might be more, uh, you know, most similar to what human poo looks like. I think if you saw the size of the gorilla poo here, um, you would struggle to have a poo that big yourself. It's huge. <laughs> there are people listening to us, Tracy, saying challenge accepted. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet there are. And are all poos solid when they come out? Are there some animals where it might be a bit more difficult to collect, if you know what I mean? Yeah, so the ones that I had real trouble with were getting um, like an American bison and a water buffalo um, because they are like gigantic cow packs. So every time I tried to get them on the shovel, mm. I just end up smearing them across the um, paddock. So I had to wait until winter time when these giant packs had frozen where I could get a metal shovel underneath them and then put them into a cardboard box where they maintained that shape whilst they defrosted and then dried. Oh, that's so clever. They were clever. my most trickiest. Yeah, that's very clever, oh. though. Well done. <laughs> All uh, very weird. The, uh, uh, <laughs> and, and, and presumably also, I mean, there's an educational element to this in the sense that, that an animal's poo can tell you something about the way their system works. Yeah, and I think like what the children are finding more interesting is about the endangered side of the creatures because of it's actually explaining to the kids about, you know, who's critically endangered, who's endangered, who's at risk, who's extinct in the wild. And I think they're finding that much more interesting because they're actually able to put the animal's face to their poo, to their status in the wild. So um, it's been really great educating yeah. them all. Yeah, and also, because like, I understand camel poo is virtually bone dry when it comes out um do you know what it's actually has a stickiness to it Ooh. um and it's not bone dry in captivity but i haven't got a wild battery in camel poo so i couldn't actually say um but they are quite like um inside dry and brittle um and when i've varnished those i've actually put them onto these like plate like looking things and piled them up and they look like um a big plate full of um chocolate maltesers Mmm, yummy. Uh, when you were doing yum, all yum. this, when you were doing all this, Tracy, did you have permission from the zoo? I mean, who owns this poo? Well, it's actually 
not just from our zoo, it's from lots of different zoos. Um, and I did speak to my bosses at the time and told them, and I think they just laughed and thought it was a bit weird. Um, but now I think they're quite pleased because of it. it's educating people. We've got the zoo in the news and um, people are learning a lot. Okay, so there's no like solicitor's letters coming in the post saying, sorry, we own those feces <laughs> and we want them immediately returned. <laughs> No, not yet. yet. All right. One of our listeners, Tracy, says your next exhibition should be called Origin of the Feces Zoo Poo 2, which is a fairly snappy name, uh, I must say. Uh, Thanks very much for uh, speaking with us today, Tracy. Uh, That was actually fascinating. That exhibition, by the way, uh, is running at the Fuse Parks in Kingston-upon-Thames, and uh, it's called Origin of the Feces. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze on News Talk.